As we read this chapter, chapter 23 of St. Matthew's Gospel, we hear the Lord's warning given to us, the Lord's warnings, and they're very clear. These warnings are that we should not be like the Pharisees, paying attention to small details and yet missing the bigger picture paying attention to ties which they should. At the same time, the Lord says, but you miss, you miss the big dimensions of, of your life. God's judgment, his love, his mercy, our fidelity to God. Those are the important things. You know, I, I remember one person who um, described a situation in her life. She showed up at the reception and she did not realize that everybody was dressed up formally. So when she walked in, she was kind of in formal dress and, and she uh, walked in and she was kind of shocked and she felt extremely embarrassed that she didn't hear the proper instructions. Everybody was beautifully decked out. And, and so she, she spoke to me and she said, you know how guilty she felt how guilty she felt that that she was so, so she was so embarrassed in front of everybody else. And you know, and I said, you know, we kind of talk about this. And I said, you know, what does it really mean? What does it really mean? I know that there's embarrassment, there's a sense of guilt that you experience. But were you nice to them? You said hi. You could have explained what happened to you. And she says, yes, but I was so crestfallen, I was so felt so bad. And you know, and we continue to talk. As you know, sometimes we pay attention to these things which seem to be of such great importance, but there's really nothing there. You care for them, your friendship, your presence was probably more powerful, more even even if somebody maybe perhaps made some negative comments. You know, it, it, this is what the Lord is saying here in the gospel. These external things, small things, they may not mean that much. They might mean that much at all. But, but we consider them to be of greater importance than, than, than actually that which is essential. Our love of God, love of neighbor, taking care of one another, taking care of things which are essential for the good of someone else, rather than small things. I remember also as a young, young person, I went to this house. It's a beautiful house but everything was covered with plastic, light, clear plastic, so you couldn't even sit there because it was done well for other people, but you know, we had to go someplace else to sit because it's very uncomfortable. You know, uh, again, the emphasis that Jesus places is in the heart, keeping cleansing, not just the outside of the cup, but cleansing our soul. Cleansing our soul meaning, meaning acknowledging one's own limitations, infidelities to God, acknowledging our you know, sins against one another, going to confession, cleansing the heart, asking God for forgiveness. That's what the Lord is asking for, not just the external decorum, but also the, 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 the very depths of who we are. So that's, that's what the Lord is saying to us. You know, he says, inside of us, we can be full of plunder and self-indulgence. You know, 
It's one of those things, you know, we forget about others as long as we are, as well, we're so fed and we would take care of ourselves. The second aspect today of our reading is, comes from the second letter of St. Paul's letter to the Thessalonians. And he says very clearly regarding the second coming, to not be shaken out of your minds. The day, the day of the Lord is the second coming. The day of the Lord is at hand. Let no one deceive you. He has called you to live for him, for his glory. Stand firm and hold on to the traditions taught by the apostles. And then he says, may the Lord who has loved us and given everlasting encouragement and hope through his grace that he may encourage and strengthen you in every good deed and, and word. The second coming, I think that I lived through already at least three or four times when the first time was in high school. Uh, and, uh, and this one, one person stopped going to, to classes and we found out that he stopped going to classes because he thought there would be a second coming. So there was the first time that I, I, I heard and of the imminent second coming, and I experienced several of those. There are different Christian groups that seem to be always indicating when the second coming will be there. And, and the last one, which was a major one, was the, for the year 2000, Y2K, remember? And people experience that, and there's one person who was kind of teaching about it. And he, even though he says, "Imagine if," but the way he talked, it will be ha will happen. And so I said, "You know, you can't do this because he was teaching, and he said you can't do this because we do not know when. It, it the day and the time is reserved by God Himself." Obviously, we should be ready always for his second coming. But let me just tell you here what, what the catechism of the Catholic Church, how it describes the teachings of, the, of, of our faith as regards the second coming. Well, first of all, every time we see us say the creed, we believe, I believe, I believe in one Lord Jesus Christ. And then we say he ascended into heaven and is seated right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead. And of course, his kingdom will have no end. So we believe, first of all, we believe in the second coming. It's absolutely clear. Uh, the catechism speaks the following. It gives a, it, it several, several numbers, or 670, 672, 673. Since the ascension, God's plan has entered into its fulfillment. We are already at the last hour, according to the, world, to the Lord. The present time is a time of the spirit and of witness, but also a time still marked by distress and the trial of evil, which does not spare the church and ushers in the struggles of the last days. It is a time of waiting and watching. The eschatological coming could be accomplished at any moment even if both it and the final trial that will proceed are delayed. So we have, according to the catechism, and of course, obviously it's rooted in scripture, the, the, the last days already have come. We are living in the last days in terms of, of awaiting the second coming, the end, 
of our life we're awaiting, but it is to be amidst difficulties and trials and tribulations. Perhaps we can see them. Christians were persecuted almost in every century someplace. But in a particular way right now, I think Christianity is being being questioned, doubted, and and perhaps Christians are being being persecuted in more ways than one, not only in the world which we call civilized world, but also in areas around the globe. But let me read you another passage here. So now Jesus will come again in glory, and we believe it could come any day. And this is from St. Mark's Gospel. But of the day and that hour no one knows, not even the angels in heaven nor the Son, but only the Father. Take heed, watch and pray, for you do not know when the time will come. It is like a man going on a journey when he leaves home and puts his servants in charge, each with his work, and commands the doorkeeper to be on the watch. Watch therefore, for you do not know when the master of the house will come in the evening or at midnight or at cockcrow or in the morning, lest he come suddenly and find you asleep. And what I say to you, I shall say to all, watch. Be attentive. We know that we can be deceived by others, and this is what St. Paul would say, don't be deceived by anyone. But be always ready. And how can we be ready? Well, we have a, one of the Marians, because you know we read the album of Mortuorum, we call it, so album of the dead. And so, so we kind of read about some characteristics of each Marian. Somebody summarizes our life in you know, about five or six sentences, maybe seven, summarizes. And, and in one of the Marians, he was talking about, you know, watch and pray and be always ready to die. And he gave this reflection and then he died. <laughs> and so it kind of shocked everybody. You know, here he was, you know, he seemed to be perfectly healthy, perfectly strong, teaching and guiding, and then at the end of his teaching, he died. You know, and, and uh, we, we have to know that things like that do happen, but we are always, always ready to, to prepare ourselves because whenever we die, that's the end, and we enter into the presence of God, and we are... We have to look at our life. Are we, were we ready at that moment to die? I know someone says, said to a friend, um, I don't have to worry about now. I'll get myself ready when I know I'm gonna die. But when do we know when such time will come? We have to be ready today, every day, every moment. And that's why, you know, examining our conscience each evening, because we may not live through the night. Lord is asking always to acknowledge, you know, acknowledge our shortcomings, ask for his strength, for his help, and trust ourselves to him, because we do not know the time or the hour when he will call us. And the third element today, as you can see, we kind of go by way of both readings as well as the celebration of St. Rose of Lima. I, I have never been to Lima in a sense of visiting the town or city, but I have flown over and I, there was a stopover going to Argentina a number of times I would stop over. 
and and I would see the um, the uh, the the city of Lima from the plane. And uh, by the way, I always I shouldn't say this, but I always tried to choose the window seat, you know, because when I'm traveling, uh, I don't have to worry about somebody getting up. And and so so I always choose the window seat, and I look many times, look over the cities, places, and around the globe. Although there was a time when I was fear, I had fear of heights, but somehow the Lord took away everything from me, so I can enjoy looking through the window. And I watched the Andes because you know Peru, the mountain range, and it seems like there's a plateau in the middle of mountains, and that's where the city is found. Looks beautiful from outside, but at the same time, knowing the history of the church, St. Martin de Porras, Rose of Lima, we have great many witnesses to Christ in the middle of nowhere, beautiful witnesses. And today we honor St. Rose of Lima who died at the age of 31, almost 32. Um, she was a third order Dominican who died in 1617. So soon within a hundred years or so of, of, the, of the discovery of, of America by the Europeans. Who was St. Rose of Lima? First of all, she, she loved the Lord. She wanted to imitate, uh, she wanted to imitate St. Catherine of Siena. Her name, Rose, that was not her real name, but she was a very beautiful girl, a beautiful lady, and people called her, you're beautiful as a rose. And so her, her name, although not real name, because her name was Isabel, and, and so she became, and she was known as the Rose, and she became ultimately Saint Rose of Lima. Her, her name was granted. She wanted to imitate Saint Catherine because she wanted to experience the Lord in a profound and deeper way. She created for herself a small little cabin, very small, because she wanted to spend time there in prayer and contemplation. And she received extraordinary experiences of God. But there's a moment in which is in our office of readings from, from the writings of St. Rose. She says, our Lord and Savior lifted up his voice and said with incomparable majesty, let all people know that grace comes after tribulation. Let them know that without the burden of afflictions, it is impossible to reach the height of grace. Let them know that the gifts of grace increase as the struggles increase. Let people take care not to stray and be deceived. This is the only true stairway to paradise. And without the cross, they can find no road to climb to heaven. Powerful words from the Lord through St. Rose. Take up your cross and follow me and the grace will be given. The grace, which means God's love, God's inspiration, God's presence. When I heard these words, a strong force came upon me and seemed to place me in the middle of a street so that I might say in a loud voice to people of every age, sex and status, hear, O people, hear, O nations, I am warning you about the commandment of Christ by using words that came from his own lips. 
he says, we cannot obtain grace unless we suffer afflictions. We must heap trouble upon trouble to attain a deep participation in the divine nature, the glory of the children of God and perfect happiness of soul. This was within her reaction to what she heard as the Lord said, that there is no other way but the path of the cross. And we are to embrace the cross. What does it mean to embrace the cross? We don't have to search for troubles. There's always there. Trouble is always there. Some difficulties and problems. Even on a beautiful day, something happens and we become emotionally afflicted or by memory or by say, seeing something, by somebody's word or by our own weakness. And we look ourselves and, and the, the afflictions are there. And so the Lord is asking us to kind of look again at our life and not be afraid of the troubles, not be afraid of the crosses that we have to carry or endure, not to be afraid of the difficulties that come about from coming from different directions. Because if we're not afraid, then we're free, we're strong. If we're not afraid of the difficulties, in some ways, you know, uh, one of our you know, brothers who was a novice, he says, you know, he spoke to the novice master, Father, you've got to give me trouble. You've got to give me, you know, give me something to test myself. You know, I, rarely do you see somebody like that who will be asking for trouble. But he says, you know, I want to test myself. I want to test myself so I can say to the Lord, I'm, I'm happy because I'm able to overcome whatever you give me with your grace, with your strength. Obviously, you know, you don't want to be, you know, cocky and, you know, say, I can take it. No, because we cannot take it ourselves, but with the Lord, we are able to. And then again, and I'll read you one more from, from quote from, from, from the uh, St. Rose of Lima. And she says, I want to say to the whole world, if only mortals would learn how, how great it is to possess divine grace, how beautiful, how noble, how precious. How many riches it hides within itself. That is grace of God, God's love for us. How many riches it hides within itself and how many joys and delights. Without doubt, they would devote all their care and concern to winning for themselves pains, afflictions as part of the grace that is given. Let all people throughout the world, let all people seek. And she says, all people throughout the world would seek, this is her hope, would seek the difficulties and troubles, infirmities and torments instead of just good fortune and trying to avoid anything which is, which is not, not, not of grace. This is the reward and final gain of patience. No one would complain about his cross or about troubles that may happen to him if he would come to know the scales on which they are weighed when they are distributed to people. Only saints can say that. But we are to be saints. So therefore, perhaps we can be on a way to say to the Lord, thank you for the troubles. Thank you for the difficulties I have gone through. Thank you. I'm grateful for everything you give us because we have to remember that gratitude, thanksgiving predisposes us for further grace. And we know we can say thank you to God for the troubles and difficulties because we know that God can transform evil into good. God can transform evil 
and all the difficulties into grace. That's why we're not afraid. That's why we cannot be afraid because this is what he gives us. So may we then today as we continue to celebrate the sacred, the sacred Eucharist and liturgy, which actually is Christ suffering and dying for us. That's why we celebrate because it is through this gift we have received salvation. We are receiving the Lord of glory. It is through his broken body and outpoured blood that we receive communion, holy communion. Not only in terms of relationship, but receiving the Lord God himself who gives us himself so that we may be able to not only overcome, but be divinized, to be transformed, to be like Christ. And that's ultimately the path of glory and path of eternal salvation and happiness. Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you. Please follow or subscribe to this podcast to receive the latest episodes and updates. If you have been blessed by this podcast, I invite you to leave a review. Reviews greatly improve our podcast ranking and will help spread this podcast to other people throughout the world. Are you enjoying this podcast? I invite you to listen to more shows brought to you by the Marian Fathers of the Immaculate Conception. Join us daily for enriching spiritual content which will help you on your journey with Jesus Christ. Simply visit divinemercyplus.org for a complete list of our shows. That's divinemercyplus.org. Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign-up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you.